0: Today on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, on Subversity Show, we'll be talking with Vice Chancellor at UC Irvine, Vice Chancellor Manuel Gomez. Usually we don't have administrators on the show, uh, so I'm pleased to have this chance to talk to Manuel Gomez about First Amendment in the wake of all the protests going on on campus and the tensions that seem to have risen Over that, and the coverage, international coverage, even um, over the incidents on over the incident recently on campus when the Israeli ambassador Michael Oren came on campus to speak, and so we'll be airing this interview um, with Vice Chancellor Manuel Gomez when he looks back at his student days. When the black flag of anarchism was hung on his apartment wall and he was active fighting police abuse, what happened? We asked him actually in this interview about co-optation even, and so you can listen to see to hear what he says. Uh, this is Dan Tsang with Subversity on K-U-C-A-I. KUCI. 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Dan Zhang with Subversely here on KCI. Um, we're talking with Manuel Gomez, who's the Vice Chancellor of Student Affairs. Uh, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Dan. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Um, how about looking back? Uh, how did your student days uh, prepare you and your upbringing prepare you for this current position?
1: Well, uh, f- f- my upbringing, first of all, was... Uh, Uh, a a child of a migrant farm worker family. Uh, Four of us were born, this will give you an idea of where we are going, four of us in a family of eight were born in California. Uh, I was one of those born in California and four of us were born in Colorado. So our family kept going back and forth. I remember working uh, the sugar beet fields in Colorado, uh, tomato and onions. Um, uh, Very uh, um, low income Poverty-stricken background in many respects, but also often forgotten uh, a family with a fierce work ethic okay. and a pride uh, of, uh, of work and of accomplishing something. Uh, my father was a musician. He tried to escape the fields as much as he could. Uh,
0: did um, did you work or he worked in California sir? Uh,
1: yes, yes. He finally became a laborer. And he worked in, as a laborer here for 30 years in concrete uh, company and was a member of the laborers' union all his life, as is uh, my brothers. Um, so, uh, But my student days are quite distinct because I left. I was born here in Santa Ana, in uh, the barrio called Santa Anita, uh, which is still there, still one of the uh, more... Uh, poverty-stricken barrios in in, uh, in Orange County. As a matter of fact, my house where we live, where my grandfather, has been turned into a little park. It's called Campesino Park, ah. which is kind of special. Uh, when I go there, I miss the house, but there's a park there. That's good. Um, and um, as a student, however, uh, I mean, there's lots of memories I could share with you, but to get to the point, I think, of how it influenced me and in my role as vice chancellor, I'm a fierce advocate for... Uh, access and affordability and for sustaining the uh, uh, public uh, mission of the University of California. Uh, I believe strongly in the uh, transformational power of uh, learning and education Uh, uh, particularly from a marginalized uh, underrepresented community uh, the uh, mobilization and the vehicle of uh, higher education is one way to begin to change the conditions uh, that we oppose and and detest. I was guided uh, and remain guided by uh, uh, an ethic of struggle towards social justice and uh, was engaged in many uh, of the uh, uh, 1960s generational activities. uh, uh, Some I won't speak about, but the... uh, Engagements with the uh, anti-Vietnam War activities, with the uh, uh, social justice and civil rights activities, the foundation of the uh, access efforts of the university in the early years to educational opportunity program—all of those are uh, influenced me greatly. And I think my uh, my activism allows me as vice chancellor today to answer your question, maybe long-winded way, um, is that I understand. Uh, personally the passion and the advocacy and the quest among young people for creating a better world for creating a more just society for advancing justice uh, and uh, opposing oppression Uh, I understand it in my bones and uh, that may or may not uh, give me uh, a a better vantage point on uh, the year 2010 and observing the uh, emergence of uh, the uh, um, new set of ideals that this young generation is uh, pursuing, including uh, the uh, protection of public university.
0: Uh, Against privatization.
1: Yes. Advancing uh, you know, social justice and access and affordability are continuing keys. Diversity of the university. Uh, the Uh, engagement of the community with regard to the problems that they study here. Uh, And the larger global issues and international issues are all part and parcel of the idealism of uh, future young leaders. It pleases me that they are able to engage in these issues. Uh,
0: Did you you really wave the black flag? Uh, (laughs) Because you have told me that, and I believe you told the students that in in the presence of the Chancellor, I believe.
1: Yes. uh, As I said, in the 1960s in the Bay Area where I went after high school, from here uh, I I went through uh, many, many um, engagements and involvements with regard to my generation's uh, participation in uh, uh, what we thought at that time was uh, a revolution of values, uh, Mm. and um, I flew the black flag in my little apartment in Oakland uh, uh, as an ideal that I believed in fiercely at the, at the, at the time, because um, um, uh, authority and uh, uh, oppression seemed uh, equivalent to me, uh, identical. Uh, yeah. And uh, I since have matured in some respects and learned that, in fact, they are not identical. There is such a thing as uh, uh, authority uh, of experience, authorship of of, of an original idea, uh, authority of wisdom, and authority of uh, of the truth, uh, contrasted to uh, the deception of oppression, the uh, 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 false uh, use of force, uh, by uh, oppressive forces and so forth
0: you know we just um, I was just looking at a database we got at the library on the 60s and it had uh, a section of the Berkeley barb uh, they're supposed to get the complete run of the ramparts also magazine um, but the Berkeley Bob was a special strike edition where the students took over Wheeler Hall uh, at the time in the 60s uh, I guess they recently did that in the last fall uh, also did you ever occupy any buildings
1: Um, uh, No, I don't think I actually did occupy any buildings, but um, I certainly um, understood the uh, engagement and passion of the students uh, during that uh, uh, set of uh, engagements. Looking back, I have to be very candid with you, Dan. Um, In general, uh, I believe that our generation of activists made uh, several crucial fundamental mistakes Um, In particular, the university students um, really um, uh, that were fervently opposed to the uh, Vietnam War, that were fervently opposed to uh, police brutality, Mm. uh, which, by the way, I started my own engagement as an activist Mm. opposing police brutality in the town of Hayward and traveled to to several cities because Chicanos were being shot and still are more Mm. or less at will uh, by police forces uh, with very little political repercussions in many of the barrios across uh, mm-hmm. the land. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the, so about the, the mistakes that we made were uh, many, but one of the ones I want to identify is a downright silliness of not trusting anyone over 30, which was our mantra, or uh, anyone who was in a position within the university. And uh, later, only later, did we find out uh, that many individuals actually uh, were very supportive and sympathetic to the students' uh, perspectives, particularly on the war issue and on the social justice issues of access. Um, as a consequence, we built up a backlash, unbeknownst to us, mm. uh, because uh, you, as a young movement, you're not really aware or as aware as one should be, of the opposition, particularly the real opposition. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, it, you know, it was, even though the university was involved in research in the war effort and in, uh, in Los Alamos and New Mexico, the leadership of the campuses and the deans and so forth, they certainly, in the, in the main, were not involved, involved in guiding the war effort or doing the research uh, for the Vietnam War. They may not have been speaking out against it, but they weren't uh, you know, really the uh, uh, the crafters and drafters of the policies or the enemy. And what we did, as you know, was uh, created such a backlash that it brought Reagan to power. Uh, he appointed uh, President Hayakawa at CSU San Francisco, a reactive, reactionary set of, uh, and they fired Clark Kerr, uh, one of the best presidents of the University of California in the history of the University of California, and uh, brought on all the way to the Nixon, perhaps even the Bush, uh, continued so-called uh, backlash of the right on on the uh, countercultural movements uh, uh, yeah. that we created, or I was involved, yeah. and uh, so we need to not make those same mistakes again. <laughs>
0: Although it's ironic because uh, one of the groups uh, um, who's reacting to last this week's uh, this past week's uh, controversy over the Israeli ambassador on campus was saying that um, was trying to argue that uh, the UCI chancellor was weak and we need uh, Hayakawa back in uh, a type of Hayakawa person back in operation in, in charge.
1: Yeah, I think that that's always a you know the Tea Party movement the anti-immigrant movement, sentiment, and the uh, right... uh, um, uh, The the political spectrum is a broad political spectrum. It obviously includes a right wing and a left wing, and uh, and a broad center. We oftentimes, uh, on the left, don't realize how powerful the right wing is and uh, how... uh, dangerous it is to create openings uh, for uh, uh, the the kinds of uh, reactions that can occur when there's a a mobilization of public anger uh, at the antics or tactics uh, of the left that are not understood by the broad body politic.
0: Do you feel like uh, that everything you worked for, you know, worked on in the past few years to create uh, difficult dialogues, you know, set up uh, communities where people, um, you know, people on one side of an issue talk to the other side. Classes that discuss this, uh, you know, in in uh, kind of methodical ways, rational ways. Uh, do you feel all that is lost now, given what happened this uh, Monday a, a week ago? Uh, uh, no,
1: not at all. I I I I stand uh, uh, by my work, which is. Um, Uh, in defense of freedom of speech Uh, you read from one of those individual organizations that's been criticizing the university Uh, they've not uh, gained any victory uh, because uh, what they've uh, uh, been opposing is uh, the fundamental definition of a university, they've been asking us to repress particular speakers or the like Um, Mm. the uh, uh, Olive Tree Initiative and the Difficult Dialogues Projects are part and parcel of what I think is crucially necessary to uh, advance uh, a uh, progressive social justice agenda, and that is uh, authentic listening, authentic dialogue, and creation of a a set of priorities that will lead us toward a more just society. Right now, um, we are in a very, very difficult time politically, politically. Uh, socially and economically. And um, um, the ability of the university to maintain its own uh, uh, respective traditions and mission is of the essence. And I believe maintaining dialogue, uh, openness, uh, and uh, exchanges uh, like the Olive Tree Initiative and the rest are part and parcel of creating the leadership necessary to protect the university among our students and and the broader public.
0: Do you feel sad that, um, you know, again, the the group that wanted the you know, Office of Civil Rights to investigate the university is now uh, arguing arguing that people should not donate money to UCI, should not even enroll here because it's a dangerous uh, campus for Jewish students?
1: Well, You know, as I said, the political spectrum is pretty broad, and uh, on each end of the extremes, they seem to be more and more the same, uh, mere images of each other and some form of uh, intolerance and infantilism, assuming that, um, uh, you know, uh, we are something like a junior high school or something and not understanding that this is a University of California where ideas uh, are supposed to clash where the free flow of ideas are supposed to occur, where the respect for uh, the truth uh, is supposed to be one of the driving aspects of our university. And the freedom to state what one wants and publish what one wants is essential. Um, We're not going to be um, uh, dependent on, uh, or or, in my view, uh, uh, capitulating to... Organizations that seem to uh, want to just pursue their own individual agenda and simultaneously do their own fundraising mm.
0: yeah, how about the uh, how about this uh, concern that some of the students have expressed that fear that the university will move to uh, shut down the Muslim student union
1: I d- d- don't think I can comment on that right now because there is a review and investigation underway, mm. but i I can tell you that uh, in my view. We're not about to shut down any student organization. That's quite distinct from um, indicating uh, responsibility and uh, sanctions on organizations, which we do all the time. Um, uh, When organizations uh, violate the rules as organizations, uh, uh, there have been organizations here on campus that have received sanctions, and some organizations that have been suspended. They've never been shut down.
0: Fraternities and stuff, right? yeah okay. but you know um why why do you think um, the police have to get involved in terms of arresting people? couldn't they people just have been couldn't just people just have been moved out of the room and why I know you wrote a letter to the new you saying there's this um, you know federal uh, state code 403 or something, and that says you cannot cause a public disturbance um, so why that seems very extreme to me. It's severe, right? It's a severe sanction to actually arrest students who, I guess, they're arguing they're doing the First Amendment, um, but, uh, you know, people dispute that, right? And so, what, do you think it's enough just to engage in administrative discipline? Um, Why do they have to be arrested?
1: Well, please don't report to me, and uh, (laughs) I'm glad about that, but uh, I was tempted while listening to you carefully as you uh, asked your question of um, acting out the behavior that occurred on uh, Monday uh, and see how you would react to the apparent defense of that behavior that you were attempting to frame.
0: I'm uh, not defending anything, but I'm just know, quoting what they say. No,
1: I know, but uh, the, the point is that uh, if you were not able to ask your question, if you're not able to get your question out, uh, the question I was going to ask you is how you would feel. This, to me, I, uh, the letter that I published in the New U was not to the MSU or to anyone else. It was to the student body reminding them of basic principles. It did refer to the incident on uh, right. Monday, February 8th, and it referred to the arrest because that occurred. And I wanted the student body to know the code under which they were arrested. Uh, there is a California code. Uh, it's not an unconstitutional uh, code, or else it would have been thrown out a long time ago, the facts are that no one has the right to disrupt an assembly of peaceful people who also have a right to speak. Everyone has a right to be there and to speak, but they do not have a right to uh, attempt to stop the event or to stop an individual from speaking. Um, I want to clarify my position here. This is um, a fundamental value that defines the basic nature of a university. If you are unable because of resentment or because of offensiveness or because of obnoxiousness or because of any other reason that I don't like what you say to be stopped, then who can claim the right to say one word the next day and tomorrow and the next day? There's a difference between expression for which I will stand up and fight with anyone regarding my work in defense of freedom of speech and conduct. Now, there are expressive acts, and there is often the most difficult issue for the police, to get back to your question, is when it blurs between a a lawful protest Mm -hmm. and dissent, which we protect, and is protected by the First Amendment so, and by the California Constitution, and then uh, a crossing of that uh, right of expression to stopping someone else or of disrupting or of property damage or of intimidation or of violence. There, not all of speech is uh, absolute in terms of the First Amendment rights, as you know, and there's issues related to time. Place and manner. And uh, those are all respected by the courts, and, and, and uh, we have had to fight. I, I'm, I've read a lot of stuff and a lot of books about freedom of speech and First Amendment rights because uh, I've been defending that right for many groups of students on this campus. Right,
0: and you quoted in this article in uh, Change magazine. Uh, which is a high education uh, publication. It says, we believe that acting to discourage or chill provocative and even offensive speech is an inappropriate administrative role and may not, in fact, deter hate speech.
1: That's correct. And, uh, uh, you know, all the hate speech codes anyway were outlawed in the 90s as overly broad uh, by the uh, uh, conservative wing of the politics in our country. They were opposed to having speech codes that would be hurtful to others uh, as being prior restraint. Um, I still believe that. Uh, The issue is not about content or the offensiveness or what was blurted out by the individual students. The issue was the intent. And there's an additional internal processes. I didn't point out the internal processes because I have to share with you that there is a review underway. So I want to be somewhat limited, but you cannot compare uh, the idea of what you blurt, if you blurt it and blurt it and blurt it, as an effort to stop the other individual's right to speak. uh, uh, Then, um, you know, uh, I'd like to see that happen um, uh, elsewhere, because it's not going to be tolerated on this campus, as the Chancellor has already articulated. It can't be allowed. It's an it's it's not uh, a matter of offensiveness. Yeah. It's a matter of uh, actions. And and but why?
0: Uh, my 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 point really is about why not just engage in disciplinary sanctions? Why uh, have to have them arrested?
1: Yeah. Uh, again, uh, that was not my decision, and it was mm-hmm. a decision. Uh, I am assuming by the police chief who was there. By the way, I wasn't at the event either. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> uh, I was in Oakland uh, at, a, at a search committee. Um, and, uh, but I have seen some of the videos, and I also, you know, uh, know that they were um, requested not to continue by the uh, sponsors uh, of the event uh, or the moderators. Um, I, I believe that more information and more awareness needs to be uh, discussed with regard um, to um, um, to this set of circumstances that occurred on Monday, and I believe. Uh, as the uh, days uh, come in the weeks into the next quarter, that there has to be greater clarity about what is um, acceptable uh, and protected uh, expression under the First Amendment and what isn't. Uh, It certainly was a massive failure of imagination and and, uh, a a lack of leadership uh, with regard to the um, antics that were carried on on Monday. It uh, d- does not, uh, in a certain way, it's a, a, a an aberration.
0: It seems to polarize the community much more now.
1: Perhaps, uh, but I'm not sure it can get much more than it was before. As in terms of these particular specific constituencies, mm. um, um, if you, uh, if this is a reflection of the Middle Eastern uh, crises, uh, it, it's. Uh, Actually, in some respects, uh, there's a lot more—at uh, uh, least uh, for in terms of the students that have gone to the olive tree initiative—and mm-hmm. well, you
0: went with them, right?
1: Yeah, I participated in the first one. Yeah.
0: Okay. The um, you know this issue about time, manner, and uh, play, uh, time and manner, um, place, whatever, of, mm-hmm. of um, you know to kind of uh, enforce uh, to uh, to allow. Um, I mean First Amendment is considered not absolute right so you can impose, university can impose you know a place where you can speak out. Yeah you can't go
1: speak in a classroom just because you feel like speaking and you feel like exercising your First Amendment rights but you can't go into a theater and yell fire just because you have freedom of speech there are limits on the kinds of uh, uh, utterances that uh, that can be made in different places in the university we don't allow anyone just to Uh, amplify their sound and and disturb classrooms.
0: So if they did it outside, you know, if if this was outside the student center and people lined up saying the same things, calling uh, Orrin a killer or whatever, then that's free speech, right?
1: It would have been a totally different uh, set of circumstances. The internal and external time, place, and manner regulations and expectations are very different. uh, As you can see from our so-called free speech area out there in front of the administration building, Uh, there's multiple activities occurring on any afternoon. Uh, Different people speaking, there's books, there's uh, uh, speakers, there's programs, there's organizations. All of that is going on. But inside a reserved room by another entity on the campus or another student organization, uh, you you cannot willy-nilly go in and disrupt it. uh, That's just not going to be uh, the way we want to work on this campus.
0: But the students also complain that, sometimes the enforcement is kind of loaded against them, I guess, is that they're they're criticized for having megaphones, but the fraternity may have, uh, you know, loudspeakers out there and never get criticized.
1: I'm not going to respond to that uh, uh, because it's it's a certain form of... Specific. No pettiness. Uh, the complaints that come from organizations is what we act on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And when uh, uh, an organization uses amplified sound over another organization that has been has reserved the space, then the dean of students or the other officers act on complaints. They uh, when the other organizations are either making some noise or playing something, we act on them also when there's complaints. It's a a false assumption that, uh, unfortunately, in my view, that one group is being uh, treated differently than the other. I know because I have all the uh, long experience of having dealt with numerous organizations uh, with regard to violations of time, place, and manner or other kinds of violations, and that we try to, as best as we can, apply the rules equally and evenly to everyone.
0: Um, um, how about the uh, issue of putting up uh, notices on the wall? I know the student protesters, I don't know if you've gotten complaints formally about that, because they have posted on their blog pictures of, uh, you know, announcing, uh, their posters announcing events, their flyers, and then they show a uh, uh, UCIPD coming and tearing them down, while other events, posters, which don't have signatures or don't have time, you know, you're supposed to put the time is supposed to be taken down and who sponsored it or whatever, and those other posters don't have anything like that, but they're allowed to be left on. So they're arguing that because it's a political event, content-based, that it was removed.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't know that this... uh complaint has been lodged. I have mm-hmm. heard it and I have seen some of the videos and I found some of the images disturbing, And yeah. personally. Yeah. Um, I have no re- uh, uh, other information other than that and having heard it, uh, but, you know, what I think any organization that feels that should do is actually file a formal, formal complaint, uh, in, in this case with the police department, if that's in yeah. fact the uh, video evidence, or with the Dean of Students Office regarding uh, poster policy posting policy
0: right right, uh, how about in terms of um, uh, the uh, the tactics of uh, protesters? I know recently they also put up uh, some of them put up wanted posters, including uh, a wanted poster for you on you. What do you think about that tactic uh,
1: yeah, i 'm not going to comment on the tactic as a tactic uh, except that uh, um, uh, I don't think any anarchist organization would refer uh, to that kind of a tactic since they don't believe in that kind of authority. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Um, how about. Um, Ostensibly, yeah.
1: anyway, they don't believe in that kind of authority.
0: <laughs> so it's not something you. I mean. It's, it's a silly. It's silly.
1: Silly. Uh, you know. Uh,
0: Were you personally disturbed by it yourself?
1: No, not at all.
0: Um, you know, I know you have an open-door policy with students. Uh, when they meet with you, what do they discuss? Is it more uh, individual case stuff, or is it uh, a more general thing about student uh, rights? or what? Uh? Oh,
1: the, whole, the whole variety of issues, uh, from uh, a brand-new idea that they want to launch, to complaints, to concerns about uh, the issues of the day, to uh, academic uh, concerns, uh, to, uh, uh, wanting to inform me about a, a brand new initiative. Uh, so it's always, it's a really excellent way for me to try to retain some kind of connection and pulse to the students. Uh, you know, As you know, as Vice Chancellor, you have a lot of other uh, individuals who are much closer to engagement on a daily basis, uh, providing services to the students. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I like it, and I like my open office hours because I learn what's on the minds of the students. The only bad thing about it is that the appointments become uh, inevitably rather short. Hmm. Fifteen minutes is a maximum length because uh, too many students arrive, and uh, I want to try to get to all of them, and they sacrifice their time, so I, I don't want them to go away without a meeting. All
0: right, yeah. You know, sometimes um, you know when um, people be, uh student protesters, they end up, in offices of Student Affairs, uh, they get hired. Uh, (laughs) Do you think of that as being co-opted by the system?
1: Uh, Co-optation, I think, is a far more um, insidious process related to um, the corporate culture uh, um, co-opting creative ideas and making money out of it. and uh, destroying uh, possibly the the uh, power of political uh, movements, uh, but individual decisions to survive in a uh, capitalist culture inevitably, unavoidably creates cooperation for every single individual. If one is looking at this from an infantile, purist position, that any uh, one who wants to get a job wants to work or wants to advance their family or go somewhere uh, is co-opted. Uh, uh, there's just not enough jobs being provided on either end yeah. of the political uh, uh, spectrum to allow non cooptation to occur, even in there. you know, I, I think it was an early uh, uh, Another mistake that was made in the, in the 1960s: the, the assumption that um, uh, music would bring the revolution. And uh, you know, the musicians, many of them, turned out not to be very revolutionary in their thinking. Um, and, and the um, unfortunate um, identification of individual leaders, as uh, you know, I've always liked Bob Dylan. But, you, gotta, you know, watch leaders, don't follow parking meters.
0: Celebrities. become
1: Celebrities, yeah. You know, you've you got to be careful about that. And uh, yet, the, uh, you know, each political movement has their, their celebrities and their leaders. And uh, they get engaged and polarized in a fashion that is unfortunately harmful uh, if they uh, uh, are prevented from... Uh, Having maximum flexibility for their own development in life. Uh, if you look at some of the political leaders of the 60s and what happened to them—Hayden, you know, uh, uh, Eldridge Cleaver, uh, Bobby Seale—individuals whom I knew and uh, watched—and you know they, um, the, the the creativity of a political movement depends on a vision and. Uh, not on individual celebrities, in my view, and so those are some mistakes.
0: I, I, I was put on a, a committee to pick new cops on UCI campus once, with the head of the gender center, and I also had to struggle. I had to struggle with whether I was being coopted because I was fighting, you know, police taking pictures of Asians on campus and that kind of stuff. Or were they trying to keep me quiet? That wasn't what I thought. Um, I think people make individual choices whether to. Join the establishment, <laughs> or, or, you know, take a certain position in a in a firm. Uh, you, you're talking like the university is the more ideal and not a corporation, but some people argue that it's become very corporate, right?
1: Certainly, yeah, I think that its corporate leadership is uh, part and parcel of the modern institution. Um, uh, that doesn't mean that that's all that it is. Uh, hmm. Uh, we have graduate students and undergraduate students that are leading uh, various protest movements uh, and various uh, engagements uh, for helping Haiti, for uh, uh, you know, uh, doing extraordinary work that's not part uh, of uh, the corporate university. Uh, but, you know, uh, it's, a co- it's a far more complex institution than to simply define it by the regents or to simply define it by the president or by the governor. Uh, it's over 200,000 students. Uh, I don't know what the numbers of faculty. And every individual campus is a a, a, a very complex set of uh, scholars, uh, faculty, and students, and staff, and friends of the community, um, and everything from uh, uh, cancer research to uh, white-collar crime Mm. uh, can occur and does occur on a campus. Uh, uh, It's far more diverse than most corporate cultures I'm aware of. Uh, If you go to any corporation, you'll find a kind of a uniform Mm. uh, set of uh, standards that are kind of imposed by the corporate culture. Or if you go to the office of the president, you'll find (laughs) more of a corporate kind of Mentality.
0: Didn't you work uh, over in Berkeley once, and you came back, right? Why did you come back?
1: Well, I worked at the Office of the President under oh, Dick yeah. Atkinson. for. Oh. Uh, I was the Vice President for Educational Partnerships, uh, and uh, I agreed to go there for six months. Uh, I stayed there for nine months. Uh, it was an emergency that the President had called me. The person that was in the, in the role uh, had gotten into some troubles and was let go, and they, uh, this was a very important position because it dealt with access and Uh, opportunity and dealt with the legislature and the regions on trying to uh, support outreach. And uh, so I went on that basis, uh, uh, but I, you know, in the end realized that I didn't want to be part of uh, uh, a uh, organization in which students didn't, Mm. you didn't see students.
0: You You didn't didn't have to talk to them
1: and I brought students into my office when I was there at the, ah. uh, from Berkeley, uh, mostly who started working as, as students and who, some of them are now working there ah. uh, as uh, professionals. And I also started the, um, while I was there, uh, did some very important work, the, uh, helped with uh, the uh, Max Espinosa for the Student Initiated Outreach and was directly engaged in the AB 540 legislation uh, that the president was involved in, and I was engaged in his telephone conversations with uh, uh, Fabio Nunez, who was a speaker at the at the time, pushing this, for it.
0: This was the uh, undocumented. Yes. Yeah. How, where do, how do you think uh, that's going to fare now? Is, is it? I mean, nobody's going to talk about it because they're yeah. all concerned about um, the economy, or
1: no? I think uh, it's still uh, something that has to be addressed. Uh, the uh, uh, stand up for the dream. I just issued a statement. There was a meeting in Sacramento, and I stood up for the dream calling for uh, the mm. state and the university to provide domestic, uh, uh, dom- institutional and state level aid. We can't do it at the federal, but the Obama administration should also do it at the federal, since there's no more comprehensive grand narrative legislation uh, such as health reform or immigrant reform, likely under the wounded Situation right now politically Mm. after the uh, Massachusetts uh, debacle. uh, I think that they could do piecemeal, and uh, I'm pushing for them to address the American dream part of students across the United States that are in this kind of undocumented status. They should receive federal and state and institutional aid, financial aid, uh, because many of them came here uh, with their parents, and they're not uh, illegal or they're not uh, violators of any law. Uh, They are among the best prepared students advancing their own uh, intellectual pursuits and interests and we're making life unbelievably hard on them and unnecessarily hard.
0: It's a catch-22, right? I mean, they come get an education here, but they can't legally get a job afterwards.
1: But the AB 540 is pretty strong. It requires the individual to receive this, at least currently as it works, uh, resident status mm. that doesn't mean they get financial aid but they don't get the external international fee or non-resident fees, so they are able to get, but they must have graduated, from, they must have been involved in a high school for three years so, you know
0: I know uh, Roberto Gonzalez I think he was a graduate student here and he did a study on this that was used in uh, to advocate for this legislation uh, even nationally I believe yes. uh, and um, so, I mean, there's been a lot of research going on to show how immigrants actually, even undocumented immigrants, contribute to the society.
1: Yeah, well, my, my wife made a funny joke the other day reading in the newspaper something like 250,000 immigrants have left the state of California. And she, her joke was, they better make us legal fast because we're leaving <laughs> and <laughs> there's not going to be anybody to work. Uh, I mean, the idea that... Uh, the uh, immigrants would leave the state of California, it's also been uh, uh, depicted in a funny movie, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, What if they didn't come, or what if they didn't come to work? Mm -hmm. Um, The the whole reality of globalization and uh, the movement of labor uh, across the globe has to be uh, reformulated and readdressed. as I said, I did fly the black flag at one time, and um, that tends to blur the whole idea of borders on a, any national scale. If you're a true uh, uh, believer of uh, the fundamental ideals of that flag, you, know, you don't you don't want to have any uh, uh, real uh, uh, borders or blocks that l- prevent you from connecting uh, with uh, your fellow human beings in the world as, as one. And if Haiti has offered us anything, if there's a silver lining in Haiti, in the earthquake, there's a tragedy, it's really rooted in the hopeful recognition of our interdependence.
0: Thank you. That was uh, Manuel Gomez, the Vice Chancellor for um, Student Affairs at UC Irvine chatting with us on um, the, in the wake of the controversy over the student disruption of a talk given by the U- Israeli ambassador to the U.S., Michael Oren, and the cause now in the media, especially from national groups, that um, people don't donate to UC Irvine, nor should students enroll here. And that specifically is from a group called the Zionist Organization of America. And um, ZOA asked donors not to contribute to UC Irvine and students not to apply, says a press release from that group dated February sixteenth, two 2010. And uh, that group has also been at the... Um, at the core of the um, um, cause for uh, OCR, Office of Civil Rights Investigation of UC Irvine. And uh, one investigation was completed um, exonerating UC Irvine, but the um, ZOA has now uh, filed another complaint in the meantime, alleging that when mike uh when george galloway a british uh left-wing mp was on campus uh that the students were illegally soliciting donations for a humanitarian group that the ZOA claims was linked to the Hamas which of course they don't like and so um so that uh is the background uh leading to this Current, uh, call for this last week for students, uh, not to enroll at UC Irvine and, um, for donations to end to UC Irvine. Uh, and you can see that the text of that, um, press release on the Subversity homepage or the Subversity's blog, um, at KUCI, uh, the homepage is at KUCI.org slash subversity. Click on this week and the blog is subversities.blogspot.com. and we will be posting an audio of the show uh podcast of the show momentarily after the show. We also uh this week also the uh since the interview our interview with uh with um, Manuel Gomez that was taped uh, in the middle of last week, um, the university has already has uh, news came out that the university has sent disciplinary letters to uh, the students at UCI the eight students out of the eleven, and there were three others at riverside and the university has uh, continued uh, to proceed with the Disciplinary Administrative Disciplinary Procedure on campus and we found out uh, that this week that disciplinary letters were sent to eight of the UC Irvine students um, that were arrested at the protest uh, of the speech by Michael Orrin and uh, that was written up in the media uh and these letters uh asked the students to show up and also in in that um and to uh to report to the university and as a first step in this uh investigation that the university is conducting. And um, the disciplinary letters were sent to these students, including the president of the university's Muslim Student Union and uh Mohammed Abdelghani, uh, who's the president and one of the eight student protesters, uh was quoted in the Orange County Register as saying that he suspects the university is threatening to pursue very harsh punishments against him and his fellow students. He says that he believes that the, uh, is quoted as saying that he believes that the sanctions could be as serious as suspension or expulsion. Uh, and he made an interesting suggestion to the administration that I, I hope the administration takes, up, takes him up on it. It says He says in the paper um, that the best action for the university to take is to hear our grievances and work to make all students and student groups feel included. That would be true leadership he noted in an email to the Orange County Register. Um, So this debate over whether or not the um, protests were First Amendment protected or illegal and whether or not the university was justified in removing the protesters and also arresting them continues, um, it will probably be end up in court uh, as uh, the students have uh, retained legal counsel, I believe. And so that is something that will be eventually decided, uh, not just administratively, but also in court. But as you heard on the show, it was his personal opinion of Vice Chancellor Gomez that that MSU be allowed to stay on campus of course because no group has ever been kicked off campus he says um, although some groups have been suspended and he uh, also seemed to hint that he still believed in the ideals of anarchism without actually saying the word anarchism. Um, He In defending uh, this legislation, proposed legislation to um, uh, give legal status to undocumented students, um, Manuel Gomez said that if one was a true anarchist, then there would be no borders. So that was basically what he was hinting at without saying the word. Uh, anarchism even though he did say the black flag <laughs> and uh this is the second guess we've had at least a uh, second guess of a second guess who's prominent in the news uh who has uh, defended ac- anarchism the first was uh the weather underground leader who was on the show talking about his days in the 60s and saying that he was um actually an anarchist and that caused a lot of furor uh and you can watch that on youtube um the right um clipped our audio of that interview and uh parts of it and it went viral on youtube uh but uh, in an attempt actually to derail Obama's campaign because Obama was allegedly buddy buddy with this anarchist. And so that was uh interesting development in two thousand eight. Uh two thousand um maybe it was later than that actually. In sorry, in the last election, sorry, presidential election. So we will be uh continuing to cover uh uh, developments of protests on campus, uh, including, um, I'll be writing about the, uh, Friday, uh, takeover of the library. Uh, the university did extend the hours as they did in December. Um, it was supposed to close at five. The university extended hours to 11 and there was a teach held at the university Langson Library. Uh, with faculty participation. Uh, faculty uh, came and talked to the two dozen or so students uh, sitting on the floor, lying on the floor in the lobby of Langston Library. And when um, time came to close the library, the students voluntarily left, deciding to take their struggle to another time and place, and not seeking a confrontation with the police who had occupied the circulation desk at the library. So this is Dan Sung signing off for this edition of Subversity here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. The opinions expressed on this show were not necessarily those of the regents of the University of California, nor the management of uh, KUCI. And of course, the reference to the anarchist who was on the show was William Ayers, who was uh, a buddy of Obama, supposedly. And uh, so, from one anarchist to another, signing off. This is Dan Sung of KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.